Hey there, I'm Graham, and you're listening to the Sales Nerds Live podcast. Instead of like worry about competition, like I'm going to worry about my my core customer and the problems that that they have and how I can solve things for for them because that's going to ultimately be what differentiates you. On today's episode of Sales Nerds Live, host Graham Collins welcomes Matthew Vaughn, founder of RevOps Co-op, a community of 7,000 plus RevOps professionals. Graham and Matthew discuss how to get started and how to optimize your community experience. Let's dive in. So much of the value of a community is not just the expertise that you're able to um, to deploy or deliver, but it's the fact that you have these programs spun up and you have these you know online places to congregate for people to kind of get value from one another by looking at yourself as a member in that equation instead of like some outside like third party, right? Like, oh, I'm a partner. Oh, I'm a vendor. Oh, I'm a, you know, the overlord of this community, right? Like just insert yourself as a member and focus on the the value delivery. And that's going to be a thing that'll, will pay off uh, like so much. Sales Nerds Live is brought to you by your friends at Quotapath. Quotapath removes the manual lift out of sales commissions by automating the compensation process. We calculate and track your team's commissions, prepare them for payouts, and even give your reps the ability to forecast attainment and future earnings. We're the only solution loved by reps, leadership, and finance. Come nerd out with us on Sales Nerds Live. Welcome, everyone, to today's episode of Sales Nerds Live. As always, I'm Graham Collins, Quotapath's Chief of Staff and Resident Sales Nerd, and currently our Interim VP of Sales. With me today is Matt Volm. I'll introduce him here in one second. But uh, for some context, according to a report from Community Led, since 2020, 22% of companies have developed community teams to provide resources and build relationships where their buyers and customers are. And while it's a slow play, investments in community growth can have profound impacts on your business, both on its bottom line and brand awareness. So with me today is Matt Volm, co-founder at, uh, at RevOps Co-op and co-founder of Atomic. We'll be discussing how growth teams can leverage communities to drive revenue. Welcome to the show, Matt. Yes. Hello, Graham. Thanks for having me, my friend. Yeah. Happy to have you here. Tell us a little bit about yourself and your background, RevOps Co-op and, and Atomic and what you're up to at, at each of those different places. Currently uh, CEO and co-founder of uh, RevOps Co-op and Atomic. I'll give you the lowdown on RevOps Co-op first since that kind of came first. So we uh, we started RevOps Co-op a little over two years ago, and it's a community for folks who are passionate about revenue operations. Uh, in those two years, the community has grown from you know zero to now eight thousand members across forty five different countries, uh, twenty five hundred plus different companies that are are represented in there. And we have a variety of programs that we offer to our members, from a Slack group to blog posts that we write, events that we hold, uh, education and courses, mentorship program. Uh, you name it, chances are we we have it. And uh, actually, as part of our community building efforts with RevOps Co-op, uh, we kind of came across uh, some challenges in building and managing uh, our own Slack-based community, which is why we ultimately built uh, our own uh, product to solve our own problems uh, called Atomic. And we just recently brought that product to market as well so that other folks who are building Slack-based communities can now have a connection back to their CRM, automate some workflows like new member onboarding, and just have a better sense of activity that's happening within their Slack group and how that can relate back to their marketing and sales uh, sales efforts. So that's my, uh, I'll say my uh, kind of experience over the last couple of years in a, in a nutshell. Excellent. 
And remind the audience where you're based, Matt. So I, uh, I'm currently based in uh, the great state of Wisconsin, uh, Madison, Wisconsin area, uh, to be exact. I grew up here in a very small town. Uh, after college, I uh, actually lived out in Seattle, Washington and Portland, Oregon for uh, roughly 11, 12 years, but uh, just recently uh, moved back so we could be closer to family and to be quite honest, take advantage of some free babysitting uh, that we now get from our, uh, from our, our parents and some other family members. Yeah, I, my sister uh, posted something the other day that said the only parenting hack there is is to live near your grand near the grandparents. So, yeah, uh, and it's a good one. <laughs> um, I, I bring that up because as somebody who's based in Portland, Maine, and, and had kind of a similar situation, grew up in a small town in Maine, lived in Austin, Texas for a number of years, and then returned back home to Maine. I uh, I appreciated that. Yeah, uh, gotta gotta keep those small cities going. The tech scene. Yep, that's right. First off. I feel like everybody is talking about communities. Um, you know, there's communities for you know, RevOps uh, organizations, sales. I'm in, I'm in probably three or four different communities. Why do you think communities have grown so much recently? No, I mean, I can tie this back to I think the revenue operations trend that we're obviously familiar with, given the space that you know Quotapath is a uh, is is building in, and then obviously the space that we have a community in. You know, if you kind of look at RevOps or revenue operations, it makes a lot of sense that, you know, revenue as a you know, single most important metric is you know, critical to every business and that you want some, uh, you know, kind of end-to-end view into, uh, you know, how things are operating, right? Things very much were moving from this siloed, um, you know, approach of marketing versus sales versus post-sales to now essentially a cohesive revenue engine go-to-market team. And I think what we're seeing with community is essentially the same thing. Um, companies are realizing that people are making buying decisions differently than they used to. And the same things that used to work no longer work. Uh, and specifically, the two things that I think are impacting this are, are one, uh, you know, a lot of people out there who are currently in buying roles expect to be able to try before they buy. They need some sort of exposure to a free trial or a free version of a solution or some product walkthrough to understand what is going on in this product. Does it serve the, um, the use cases that, uh, you know, that, that I need? And then the other thing, which is where communities come in, is they're looking to their peers or essentially other people like them to understand you know, how, how are you solving this specific problem? Does this product work for you? What are some other solutions out there in the market that I may not have, that I may not have heard about? Um, you know, they're not necessarily just going to Google and, you know, like searching for a bunch of stuff, but instead they're trying to find other people who are directors of revenue operations that can provide them some feedback, right? People have maybe been there, done that. And I think those are the two ways that people are making buying decisions uh, today that are very different than how they were making buying decisions, you know, years ago. And I think that's the reason why uh, businesses are moving to this, uh, you know, community led type of, of model where they know they either need their own communities or they need community teams to partner with other communities that are out there so that they can kind of be in these, uh, be in these places where these uh, kind of buying decisions are, are getting made. Got it. Yeah. And I, I've seen that in all kinds of different communities. It's like, you know, hey, we're looking for a tool to XYZ. I won't call it anything specific because then we'll get to talking yeah. about specific companies. But well, how about this? I'm looking for a tool for commission tracking. Does anybody have any recommendations? You know, those kinds of questions pop up in, in communities all the time. And I'm curious about your take on 
and and we'll talk about build versus buy, if you will, with communities here in a minute. But um, I see this a lot of times as well with very well-known and, and well-used products. Oftentimes those communities can also be a form of support and a form of hey, does anybody know how to do X, Y, Z in my CRM? Um, or can anybody offer any recommendations on how to automate this specific thing? So I'm curious, do you see a lot of, is it mostly that that buying and the, the pre-sales component um, that companies are leaning into? Or is there also the support and um, you know, kind of offloading some of the support to the community that you see? Yeah, I think if you do it right, you can have a big pre-sale and post-sale component to, to your community for all the reasons you mentioned, right? With RevOps Co-op, originally uh, our startup, we were working to build revenue operations software. So we kind of built a community uh, as part of our own go-to-market efforts. And so early on, our strategy was very much around being a thought leader in the RevOps space, raising awareness of who we, who we are as a company, but not highlighting the product. Instead, we were highlighting our subject matter expertise and delivering value to our, our members through these community programs. But, but our plan very much was, hey, everyone who becomes a customer of our software product, you know, is going to get invited to join our community, might have some you know, private Slack channels where they can interact with each other. Because one, they can be ambassadors for your product, right? If other people, other prospects out there are trying to understand solutions, who better to answer about options, right, than your current customers who are happy with your product or solution. But then, yeah, like on the support side, right? If uh, like if your customer success team can be in your Slack group where those people are, and if they can also interact directly with one another, that not only can help solve those support related items that might come up, right? So your support costs could potentially go down, but it could also help your customers be more successful with your product, right? People can ask questions about like, hey, I'm trying to do this with the product has anyone else done this before and you can kind of crowdsource uh some um, some product solutions that way as well so it can help with product activation it can help with customer support it can help with your current customers acting as ambassadors for your own product it can help with just delivering value to your prospects completely outside of your your company or your solution so lots of value to be had there on both like i said the the pre-sale side and the the post-sale side as well yeah for sure. Well, so um, clearly you you believe heavily in, in the value of communities. And if folks are tuning in here, they probably do as well. And so, or at least now they're sold on the value of communities. So give us some, some real world examples, some best practices for growth teams, um, or I, I guess how you've seen communities in the past or uh, companies in the past use communities really well. Kind of going back to one of the things we talked about, um, you know, early on in terms of uh, starting your own community versus, uh, you know, partnering with other communities, I think, uh, you know, certainly, like, you should be doing one of those things for sure. Uh, because there's tons of value to be had. So like on the partner side, uh, you know, for example, identify, I mean, every company should already have uh, their ICP identified, right. And, you know, go out and find existing communities that serve that serve your ICP, whether that's obviously in RevOps, you could have RevOps co-op uh, for sales. There's other communities out there like, uh, you know, Pavilion and Modern Sales Pros, right? But like identify who your your core, uh, you know, your core customer is, your your ICP and find communities where, uh, you know, where they, they interact, where they engage and, you know, look to partner with those communities. But the goal of any partnership there is not to 
really deploy or even highlight the the product. You know, again, go back to what I mentioned earlier, like what people people don't want product marketing through community, for example, uh, like they they'll ultimately want to try your your product um, and figure out if it works for them. Uh, but instead, deploy your thought leadership and your subject matter expertise through that community, because that's really one of the ways that you can deliver value to these folks. And people will ultimately associate that expertise with any product that you're building. And so quote a pass a great example, right? Experts in the you know commissions and incentive management space deploy all the thought leadership and the expertise that you have there from things like comp plans for customer success teams, uh, you know, accelerators versus decelerators, right? Like all that stuff that any of your you know core customers needs to to know to just like manage their their own incentive plan and build out their own comp plans. Uh, because the more intelligent you look there, people are going to assume that obviously that level of expertise and proficiency is built into your product. So on the partnering side, that's, you know, one way to look at it is partner with communities where your core customer exists, deploy your thought leadership, your subject matter expertise through that community, deliver value to the folks that are there day in and day out. And you will see, you know, huge return through pipeline contribution, pipeline influence, and overall air cover for your own outbound or ABM efforts. And you know, same thing on the, you know, if you went the, you know, build your own community route, uh, you know, communities, if you look at them like any other, you know, kind of product offering, right? Uh, you know, you got to start somewhere. So, you know, figure out what that kind of minimum viable starting point is. Uh, you know, don't assume that it's going to be without work. You will need uh, like people hours to invest in getting a community started. But again, it can, you know, pay huge, uh, huge dividends for you on all the, the pre-sale stuff that we mentioned, right, with being a thought leader in the space, deploying your expertise to your prospects, but then also the, the post-sale items that we talked about before, you know, have your current customers congregate in one area, they can be ambassadors to your, um, uh, to your prospects, they can help, uh, you know, interact with other customers, right, help support them, uh, so your customer support costs go down and even help activate uh, your own, uh, your own customers in other use cases, right? So they can be more successful with your product. They can, uh, you know, you can retain that revenue for longer, that customer base for longer, you can potentially drive upsell and expansion because your customers are driving awareness of these other things that are out there. Um, by having, you know, folks in, in one spot, there's just a tremendous amount of value. But again, like you can't just kind of spin something up and assume that it'll take care of itself. So like there's going to be, you know, work that goes into that. So those are kind of the, the gives and takes a little bit of kind of figuring yeah. out where you want to start. Personally, for us, a lot of times it's like, hey, what what is our ICP talking about? What do they care about? And and for us, it, it has actually been a, a big content generation tool for us where we say, hey, what is the, you know, what are the questions that, that RevOps professionals are asking? How can we answer that? Um, now it may not help us right off the bat, but we yeah. can then say, well, if somebody's asking it in RevOps Co-op, there are probably a hundred other people asking it, and and they don't, they aren't a part of this community. And so, how can we um, we can answer that as part of content or part of um, you know? It, the other thing is, you can do a lot of learning. You can do a lot of learning from from those in uh, from those communities. I do a lot of comp plan consultation and. I learned a lot of what I know from communities, from the people in those communities. I, I didn't, uh, I didn't just know all of this stuff. So yeah, um, that's that that's pretty fascinating for me to have that as like a look. 
not only are you a thought leader in this community, you're surrounded by thought leaders. You don't have to always have the right answer. Sometimes it's okay to, sometimes people ask questions to in, in communities I'm part of about sales compensation. I just sit back and see what other people have to say because I have yeah. my thoughts, but I want to see what other people have to say. Uh, yeah. I'll contribute. First, I wanted to ask, like, how, how do people find these communities? How, what is the best way if I'm like, okay, yes, I want to be a part of a community of corporate attorneys. Um, I want to find the community where all the corporate attorneys hang out. How do I go about finding that community? Yeah. So I think, um, so, you know, if you're, yeah, if you're searching for community uh, kind of for yourself, I mean, one of the things is like, you know, look at the places where, you know, you already exist, say online, right? So if you're on LinkedIn, um, in that case, uh, one, you could search LinkedIn or two, you could put a call out to your, your network, a quick post, like, Hey, I'm looking for, uh, you know, for, uh, for online communities, uh, for other corporate attorneys, uh, anyone have any, any recommendations, uh, you know, that's going to drive a huge, uh, huge amount of, of, uh, you know, potential options, uh, for you. Uh, there's always the, uh, the good old, uh, like Google search as well. But then the other thing is if you don't want to put something out there on, you know, say like publicly on LinkedIn, you know, you've got to have some colleagues, some connections, right. Who, you know, you're, you're close with, like ask them, um, ask people who are similar to you because chances are, uh, you know, they're going to be, uh, they're going to be in these communities as well. Yeah. And I guess your customers as well. I mean, that, that that's one that you can say, if you have a, a customer base going out and asking, Hey, what, where do you, if you needed help, where would you find it? What kinds of communities are you a part of? Exactly. Um, is 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 good cool um well so then then that leads me into the fun question which are what are some bad examples what are some examples of things that uh you see a you know a company come into a community and and makes you cringe yeah i think uh yeah the hard uh it's always hard you know it's always hard to um you know say to like i don't know on one hand we're always selling something but i think the the how you do it is uh, is really where 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 it comes down to that, right? So, um, so yeah, I think for for any for any companies um, or people at companies who are participating in communities where they're uh, you know called like their core customers um, or core prospects, uh, you know, might exist is like you know act um, you know always act as a member of the community and you know nothing you know, like nothing else, which can be hard, right? If someone brings up uh, like your company or someone brings up like your, like ask, ask a question on your, your specific topic. You're like, oh man, if I could own, like, I just really want to show them our product and how it solves for the specific thing that they're asking about. Like, that's actually not, um, like, that's not the way to deliver value to that, to that person. Um, even though that might be your, say your initial reaction, you know, instead be like, Hey, who, what current customers do I have that, you know, might be able to provide feedback for this person around that? What, what content do I have? that can help people compare different solutions or at least identify what their requirements are, right? If someone's kind of actively looking for a new solution, right? Like that's gonna be the stuff that um, kind of goes a, a really a really long way. Um, so yeah, so don't, uh, um, so yeah, try to hold back from some of those, you know, initial kind of reactions. Um, and yeah, just treat it I really like-, like the uh, way, I, not, to, not to cut you off, but I, I really yeah. like what you said about be a member first. Like you are a member of the community, primarily um, yeah. and try not to, to pitch. Sorry. Didn't mean to cut you yeah. off. What, what else do we have? No. And I think like that's um, 
to go on to go back to like the value uh, that we were talking about, like so much of the value of a community is not just uh, like whether you're a partner or, you know, like the, the primary contributor is not just the uh, like, say, the, the expertise that you're able to um, to deploy or deliver. But it's the fact that you have these these programs spun up and you have these you know online places to congregate for people to kind of get value from one another, right? And that's where, you know, by looking at yourself as a member in that equation, instead of like some outside, like third party, right? Like, oh, I'm a partner, oh, I'm a vendor, oh, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, like the, you know, the overlord of this community, right? Like just insert yourself as a member and focus on the, the value delivery aspect. Um, and that's going to be a thing that'll, will pay off uh, like so much. And so, yeah, like the other things to avoid, you know, don't think you can get away with, uh, again, not spending time or effort on these things, like anything new, uh, it is going to require uh, time and uh, an investment. But, you know, again, done the right way can uh, produce huge ROI. And, um, and yeah, just, uh, you know, focus on being a member, a member first. Oliver, come here. Oh, I've got my little four-year-old no. in the background. He yeah. might pop up. Yeah. Uh, no worries. No worries. My, my dog got a brand new squeaky toy yesterday so if you see me go on mute it's because he is trying to show <laughs> it so um excellent well so um one of the the concerns that i've had i've heard in the past when it comes to communities like this is like well what if what if my competitor is in there i don't want to answer questions i don't want to give information you know somebody says hey how should i compensate my sales reps for example I don't want to chime in and say, hey, this is what we do at, at Acme Co. When, uh, when my competitor is sitting right next to me. How do you get around that objective? I guess one of the things I go back to is, you know, what we just talked about before, right, is just the, um, you know, like the value creation exercise is certainly uh, member to member. And then the other thing that I'll mention, which is more just my own um, personal experiences and you know like building a variety of different uh, kind of startups and working at a bunch of different startups is that you know at the end of the day uh ideas are easy uh execution is hard and so uh like when it comes to your competition like you certainly want to be aware of them and know what they're doing but trying to like find out specifics duplicate or replicate the stuff that they're doing and how they're doing it that's not going to be a, a a recipe for long term success. And so, uh, uh, so like I, what, what I always, you know, try to do is like, Hey, instead of like worry about competition, like I'm going to worry about my, my core customer and the problems that, that they have and how I can, how I can solve things for, for them. Cause that's going to ultimately be what differentiates you. And so, yeah, even like, you know, the example, right. That, that you gave, right. If you throw out a specific there, um, I mean, obviously you want to, you don't want to be sharing like confidential, um, information and that stuff you can always move into a DM or some other like more private channel, but also know that at the end of the day, it's really hard to execute on stuff, right? Coming from a guy who like my first startup, we raised some money and ultimately had to shut it down because we never found uh, product market fit. And um, uh, you know, my current one now, we've had multiple iterations of uh, like our our own pivots, right? So like. Startups are hard. And if, uh, you know, if you're kind of constantly focused on the competition aspect, you're ultimately just going to lose sight of what's in front of you. So yeah, like focus on your ICP, your core customer, right? Your core member and deliver value to them, right? Um, do what your competition is is not doing and do that by not worrying about those things that they might be up to. Yeah. 
for sure. I mean, that's that's good business advice in general, not necessarily related to uh, to uh, communities. And I think that that's sometimes I have conversations with brand new entrepreneurs who say like, oh, I've got this idea. I need some advice. Can we chat? I'm like, sure. And then I'm like, okay, so what's the idea? And they're like really suspicious or like sketchy about telling me details. And I'm like, look, you're not the first person to come up with whatever your idea is. You're not exactly. like, you know, this isn't, don't worry. I'm not going to steal your idea because it's like, oh my goodness, nobody has ever thought of that before. So uh-huh. yeah. um, I uh, yeah. I think that's that's a good thing is like ideas aren't, aren't revolutionary. The execution is. Exactly. Um, so the question that I... Yeah, find super fascinating and and one that gets asked a lot is like okay i go in i find all these communities about corporate lawyers but like it's not quite right i don't need you know none none of these are exactly what i want so i'm gonna go maybe i want to buy uh sorry build a community as opposed to like you know i say buy latch yourself onto another community become a member become a sponsor whatever so what are the pros and cons of, of creating a community versus buying a community if you will and I know it's yeah. not buying community. Yeah. So I think if you, yeah, if you go the partner route, um, you know, one of the big things to consider there is typically you can do that with your existing resources, existing budget, right? You know, you're focused more on, hey, like we're, we're experts in, um, in this area. So like that's where our, our, our thought leadership is and we're, we're writing content and community is going to be one of those things that can, can help you kind of uh, amplify and do uh, kind of execute on a lot of things that you might already be, be doing versus, uh, you know, like building your own community. Um, you know, obviously just a lot more to, um, to consider in terms of the programs uh, that you build, the time, the resources that you're going to need. You're now starting something new, right? So even if you use existing headcount uh, to do it, like you're now devoting some portion of their time that was otherwise spent doing other things to this new initiative or this new program. And a lot of the, uh, uh, like the engagement that you're going to try to drive, especially early on, as you grow your community, like you're going to have to, I'll say source that, but like, you're going to have to be the driver of conversations. You're going to be, you know, creating content. You're going to be, uh, delivering a lot of the value, um, upfront. But then at some point, you're going to reach this tipping point where like in your Slack group, for example, all of a sudden you've got a critical mass of members and people ask questions and members start responding to things. And then eventually you're just sitting back and kind of moderating things and watching out for bad actors versus having to like drive in a drive a daily discussion on certain topics. So uh, so that's the thing that really uh, is the difference between you know, kind of the, like the, the build your own, um, you know, essentially a new initiative, a new uh, marketing effort uh, versus the, uh, the partner where you've got existing programs and uh, kind of a foundation to really start from um, and really just amplify some of those existing efforts uh, that you're already, that you're already doing. Got it. Yeah. I think that's really interesting. And, and I guess a one telltale sign as well might be like, Maybe there isn't a community. Maybe they, they, there isn't a, a hangout area where people That's right. do this. And I think that what I find interesting is like uh, a lot of times I see people trying to wage too closely a, a associate the community that they're creating with the company. Um, and I don't yeah. know if you have thoughts on this, especially being oh, yeah. RevOps co-op versus then, you know, a, you said you were trying to build RevOps software. Like if we just created a quota path, quota paths, compensation uh community like that might not be 
uh, as successful as if I just created like, um, you know, commission community. I don't know. Yeah. I'm doing a bad job naming it, but um, I don't know. What are, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So I think, uh, you know, one, I, I look at this a lot, but like um, riches are in the niches. So, you know, starting like as niche as, um, as you can is always, um, is always good. So to your point on like, do existing communities exist for this purpose, right? Like I was talking to someone the other day who started a community for, uh, for fractional executives, right? People who are like fractional CROs, CFOs, um, COOs, right? As a, a community and you know, just got like already got a couple hundred people in there. And so like, that's a very, you know, like very niche, you know, kind of, kind of space versus just like finance, operations right um much broader that's one consideration for sure and then at least my belief on the uh community side is like if you if you want to brand your community as uh you know like company xyz community uh it, what you're really building is a uh, essentially a user community right or a customer community which is totally fine but you're going to miss out on like any of the 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 pre-sale pre-customer side of things and so, um, you know, if you're looking to drive as much value from the community pre-sale and post-sale as possible, and you want to build your own, I would, you know, have something that is separately branded, but affiliated with your, your core company, right? So like some good examples of this are uh, like Spendesk has uh, uh, like their CFO uh, community. Um, which is like, I think it's CFO Connect, but it's like CFO Connect, a community by Spendesk, right? That's a great way of like, we've got this separate separate brand, separate website, separate thing um, that is our community for these people. And, you know, it's basically run by by us, right? The the, the company. Um, and, uh, and yeah, that allows you to, you know, again, associate with prospects, you know, people on the, the pre-sale side, customers, people on the post-sale side, customer support, and allows you to get the most value. And I think also, um, you know, be looked at as the most trusted resource um, in your particular space then. Um, so yeah, that's typically the route that I always, you know, recommend for folks that are looking to, you know, kind of start something on their on their own. That's great. Awesome. Well, we have been talking a lot about community. Um, very helpful advice, some, some key takeaways and some things where I'm like, ooh, maybe I should be doing that in my community, in the communities I'm a part of more. So um, really appreciate that. Um, always ask folks the same last three questions. Um, so number one, what piece of advice would you give yourself on the first day of your career? So the number one uh piece of advice I would give myself and anyone else uh, just starting off is give yourself permission to change your mind and to change your mind frequently. Uh, the reason why I would say that is um, one, it's actually kind of crazy that, you know, like at the age of 18, you're expected to go to college and like pick some major that is somehow going to be the thing you do for the next, you know, what, 40 years of your career. Like that's just insane. Uh, so, um, so don't feel like you need to, uh, uh, like be locked in to the thing that you thought you wanted to do. Uh, like that's not failure. At the end of the day, you'll learn something about every new adventure that you take. If you think you want to start your own business, like go out and try. Uh, and then you'll learn whether or not that's something you actually want to do. And if you don't want to do that, like that is not a, that is not a failure. You don't need to pick something and do that for the rest of your life. So that's the thing that I would yeah. always say is like, yeah, feel free to, um, like feel free to change your mind and change your mind 
frequently. Just make sure you learn something every time. You know, I started off as a, a CPA was my my first job. I was going to say this sounds like this sounds like sagacious advice from somebody who's experienced it. Yeah, yeah. So I went from like you know CPA doing like you know tax returns and like audits um, to uh, like corporate finance to strategic finance to like in house accounting management consulting. I went to business school. I uh, went back into corporate finance, venture capital for a little bit, um, and then started uh, kind of started some companies, worked at startups, right? So, um, so yeah, like learned something about all those, consider myself a better person because of all those experiences. And uh, yeah, that's the, uh, the one thing that um, I wish I, you know, kind of knew more about right day one of my career. Well, this kind of goes into that. It sounds like you've done a whole lot of different things in your career, but if you weren't doing what you're currently doing, what uh, what would your career be or what would your job be? Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, the thing that, uh, so the thing that I actually like outside of, of, of work and kind of starting my own uh, and running my own companies, the things, uh, I guess there's three things that I uh, really enjoy, which are um, kind of odd combinations. Um, some not so, uh, not so weird as like the others. One is, um, indoor plants so like as you can see i've got like tons of plants i think i counted and I've, we've got like 40 some plants throughout our um uh throughout our house so uh so love the uh, uh love having a bunch of indoor plants in kind of every every different room uh i have a four and a six-year-old two boys as well so i love uh spending time with them whether it's coaching sports for them volunteering at their schools uh so i would definitely um kind of do more of that and then the third odd combination is I um, I enjoy uh, CrossFit a bunch, and so if I just could do whatever I wanted, and you know could like work out and coach classes and do stuff like that, um, those would be the a combination of those three things. If I could just uh, live a life of leisure, would be the uh, the things that I would probably be doing. I like it. I don't know how we could combine all of those. I mean, I suppose you could have a, <laughs> a gym with a lot of plants and maybe. Uh... Part my kid, like a, uh, yeah, a part-time coach, daycare or, attached or something. Yeah, exactly. Maybe a part-time <laughs> daycare. Part um, all right. Finally, what are you watching, reading, or listening to right now? And that can be either, you know, work-related or not work-related. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, I don't have any, um, don't have any insightful recommendations on the, like the work or, um, or business front for folks. But sure. the thing that I do, uh, you know, believe in is like, you know, laughing and having fun. And so the, the thing that my wife and I have been doing um, recently is we go through these cycles. So we, um, uh, we're in our mid thirties and uh, we grew up uh, our like teenage years. We were watching friends, the sitcom uh, a bunch. And so we go through these cycles where we just like start rewatching um, things from the very beginning. Um, and so we're like halfway through uh, which is like season four or season five of, of friends. And that's our like Friday and Saturday night thing that we, that we do together. We laugh. We also talk about how ridiculous it is that like, you know, back in the late nineties, early two thousands, they had like phones in their houses and that was how they called each other. And there was no element to like texting or any of those things that we take for granted today. And how we used to make fun of our parents for watching uh, like their old, you know, TV shows and our, our boys are probably going to do the same thing with us. So, uh, so yeah, that's what I'm currently rewatching for, I mean, honestly, it's probably like the 20th, 30th time, something like that now. And would encourage anyone else to like go out, find some show or, you know, something, right. That makes you, uh, makes you laugh and uh, go enjoy it. I like it. That's great. Um, awesome. So to cap us off here, any final plugs? 
No, I think uh, for anyone who's interested or passionate about revenue operations, like I said, we've got a, a, a community of 8,000 plus uh, folks from around the world. It's a free community to join. Uh, RevOpsCoop.com is uh, is where you can can find us and fill out a quick uh, quick application there. And on the community front, uh, for anyone with anyone with a Slack based uh, community who wants to automate some workflows, uh, get some uh, engagement statistics, and push some of their community data back into their CRM, Atomic is uh, is the product that we brought to market recently. Also free uh, free to use and free to sign up. So you can find that at on Atomic.com. And then last thing that I don't think I even mentioned the last time we chatted, Graham, was uh, we do have a, a community for B2B community builders. So anyone who's passionate about B2B community building, that community is called Community Built. And you can find that at gocommunitybuilt.com. So all these things are also on my LinkedIn profile. Uh, so go check me out there and uh, you can find me. You can find them there. Excellent. That's kind of a meta community. It's a community. Yeah, I know, about- right? I like it. Um, wonderful. And then on my side, a um, couple of plugs, obviously QuotaPath. If you were a, a longtime watcher of, of Sales Nerds Live, you know QuotaPath commission tracking software allows you to automate the complete uh, commission tracking process, provide visibility and transparency across the organization to sales reps, to sales leaders, finance, rev ops. Everybody has the ability to see the same numbers and get on the same page with commissions. And additionally, if you're looking to build a new comp plan, which it's February, so hopefully you're not, you're you're a little bit through the build, comp plan building phase, um, but we do offer Compensation Hub, which is a completely free to use tool, uh, database of compensation plans, including modelers that allow you to enter in some information about your business and get some recommended compensation plans with actual specific structures. And then it feeds directly into QuotaPath for free. Um, not, you don't even need to do a, an email address to, to sign up for Compensation Hub. You can just go in and check it out. And that's on our website. It's also comp.quotapath.com. Excellent. Matt, really, really appreciate your time today. Um, this was a lot of fun. I learned a lot about communities. And uh, thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Thanks, Grant. See you.